0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the latest edition of Sports Writers Blues, the daily baseball podcast from the Los Angeles Times. Uh, I am Andy McCullough. I cover the Dodgers for the Los Angeles Times here with Pedro Mora, also of the Los Angeles Times. Pedro, man, how's it going?
1: I'm, I'm doing well, Andy. How are you doing?
0: I'm okay. I'm home after a very long road trip, uh, and that is good. It was, uh, yeah, it was a really long road trip. Uh, I think. When I come off these like three-city trips, I feel like uh, Victor at the end of that montage in Rules of Attraction, only um, without really, I don't really use drugs, or I don't use drugs at all, I should say, so I guess I don't feel that much <laughs> like Victor. I guess what I'm saying is I'm tired.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I feel, I've only had one three-city road trip this year, thanks to the Major League Baseball schedule makers, but I felt that way at the end of it also
0: three city trips are uh, they are interesting from a narrative sense because it does kind of create this like you know like a it's like a journey you know that you're going on and the team is like embarking on this sort of quest Uh, you know so from a narrative standpoint it can be interesting Um, but when you're covering the Dodgers and they're just on this like tediously you know sad run towards a division title (laughs) um, it's, uh, it's a bit different
1: Tediously sad is like I don't think is a th- concept that can exist.
0: Uh yeah, well it's uh, I think I I used uh what was the word that I used? Hold on. Um I described it in the paper. Give me one second.
1: Yeah, cuz you write for the Los Angeles Times and you write about the Dodgers every day in the Los Angeles Times, right? Thanks.
0: Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, uh, so people who,
1: who are listening to this should read the Los Angeles Times to read Andy's game coverage of the Dodgers.
0: Yeah. I described it as increasingly dreary. Um, yeah,
1: that's 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 fair. That's just yeah. not tedious then. If it's, it's pretty if
0: tedious. It's,
1: well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I kind of. Now that I think about it. But like, if you just said that in a vacuum, like, tediously sad is not something that makes a lot of like sense to me because it just seems like if something's really sad, then it's not going to be tedious.
0: All right, man. Fair enough. Increasingly dreary.
1: Yes. I can mess with that.
0: Anyway, uh, the Angels are also uh, kind of having an increasingly dreary week. Uh, it seems like the, uh, the scheduling gods did not look out for them uh, in this and that they're finishing the season with seven games against the uh the indians and the astros uh as well, it's competing. actually 10
1: it's 10 in the last right like two series before that? two series before the indians they played the yeah. astros yeah
0: that's really yeah that's tough um i guess they understood that going in and it's probably one of the reasons why they're in the race to begin with because they avoided yeah, the their, astros
1: their august schedule was uh, was was favorable which is well, why they me. went eight games over 500 or whatever in august
0: so so handicap for me, I guess, what the last two weeks looked like for the Angels. They're two and a half out. I saw they're mm-hmm. tied with the Rangers, which is Yeah, amazing. that
1: happened all of a sudden. Every couple days, there's a new team in the wild card race. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. The Rangers traded away their best pitcher. Um, and I think that they're they – I mean, Adrian Beltre is traded, hurt.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. They traded Cole Hamels?
1: Cole Hamels has a sub-five strikeout per nine this year, Andy.
0: Anyway. Uh, Did you
1: see that? Have you seen that? Check his numbers, man. It's I really bad. At, I try not to look was, at Cole
0: Hamels' numbers. I don't want to change my opinion of him.
1: I was looking at like the lo- it's it's six point one five, but still. I mean, wow. I was looking at the lowest in baseball. I mean this year that's extremely low. That's in the top that's in the bottom ten percentile. Yeah, of that's starters. like
0: that's like Aaron Crow level, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so you Darvish is better, yes. I don't yeah. think he's you know amazing, but uh so, the Rangers are in it. I mean, the Royals the Royals are one game back of the Angels right now, and their their obituary has already been written. Um yes. So, it, it, it the good thing about it is they can still be in the mix because all the teams are bad. The, yes. and there's not a single good team they're competing with. The only one that's good in the wildcard race is the Yankees, who have it locked up. The Correct. only thing left to be decided there is if they're going to actually win the division, which they could conceivably. Correct. Uh, they're a good team. They have good players. Yeah, uh, they
0: could beat the Indians. I mean, it's not guaranteed, but they could hang. They could absolutely beat the Indians in a five-game series, like more yeah, so than the average like five-game series variance.
1: I would agree. Um, they're they're a good team, but I mean, also the Angels could come in there and, and win if they if they got to Yankee Stadium on October third. They're gonna start Garrett Richards in that game if they get there, and he's good. You know, people can't really hit him. So they have a chance to, to sneak into a five-game series uh, if they if they do that. And they haven't. The Astros haven't dominated them this year. We'll see how this goes this this weekend. Mm-hmm. But uh, if they if they end up playing the Astros in that first round, it's not a terrible yes. matchup all the way around. So, uh, yeah, they play. So they have three against the Astros, and then the good thing is that they play four against the Chicago White Sox, mm-hmm. uh, who are bad, uh, yes. but not that bad because they've called up some players, and they're one of those teams where their current overall true talent level is better than their record looks like. You know, right. it's, it's a, re- it's like the opposite of the Tigers basically. Right. So the, the, the twins the are playing the Tigers kinda, right the now. The
0: Dodgers kind of ran into this with the Phillies actually this past week. They actually have some like talented hitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyway.
1: So the twins are playing the Tigers who have a better record, but the Tigers are definitively worse right now than the uh, Chicago White Sox. So that's unfavorable for the, uh, for the angels. And then they play three against the Mariners uh, to end this season. The mariners are probably gonna be out of it at that end, but that doesn't mean that it's not gonna be it could be a little bit of a tight race. If the mariners are still in it, uh Jerry DePoto will have to come to Anaheim for the first time since his July first, two thousand fifteen resignation, which uh, would be interesting. So yeah, that's the that's the rundown on the last ten games.
0: So what would you what would their percentage chances of making the wild card game be right now? 15, In my right. head, I'd
1: guess 15. I, I can check the fan graphs. It'd probably be somewhere between that. I've become, over the last month and a half of checking it, I've become pretty adept at guessing <laughs> where it's going to change. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, let's see. 14.7. Yeah.
0: 14. Yeah. Wow. We both kind of guessed that off the top of our heads.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's, it, I knew it was 27 before, you know, they, they lost the game. Right. So. Uh, the Rangers okay. were at 0.1% a few days ago. Now they're at
0: 5.4. So what, uh, I mean. What do you take? As, so let's say like okay, most likely they're not going to make the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. So like, how would you describe this season as a, s- a success if they win eighty three, three games or eighty two games? Like, how would you, how would you characterize it? I guess.
1: I don't know. I think that is up to your, uh, your, your like your tendencies as a human being. Okay. In, well, in terms what do you of-
0: think? What do you think Angels fans are going to feel about this?
1: Some of the people that – I don't know. I mean, I get a, a biased sample because the people who tweet at me are mm-hmm. people who are fanatical, right? Uh, yeah. So I think that a lot a lot of those people are pretty uh, pretty happy about it. And then also a lot of those people are pretty upset. But uh, a lot of people are happy that the, the team made a run. You know, I, I don't think it could be determined – you know, it could be termed like a total failure, like an abject failure because they were in it. Um, they And right. you know, they're going to enter the last week of the season with a chance to make the playoffs, which is something. Right. Um, but it's also not a—it's not a clear success. It's obviously not a clear success because they're—they could easily still finish under 500 at this point. Um, but this is what we expected, you know. In the beginning of the season, I said 81 wins. Like this is—this is what this team looked right. like the entire you're, year. you are um,
0: currently a 500 team.
1: Yes. If the—if an—if there was another good. Uh, American League team, the Angels would be out of it a month ago, and they wouldn't have traded for Justin Upton, they wouldn't have traded for Brandon Phillips. The reason they made those moves is because they were good in August, because they played well against a favorable schedule, and Mm -hmm. because there was no other, uh, correctly, they assessed that there was no other team. You know, this is, they, they, they operated according to the market, and the market said that, you know, the Twins are not very good, the Twins are going to start, Kyle, they might start Kyle Gibson in a wildcard game, um, so it's not it's not a good ball club. Like there there are no good ball clubs they're competing with. So you have a chance whenever that that's happening. I wouldn't be surprised if the Twins lost their next three games. It could happen.
0: Yeah, they're not. They're bad. They're bad. Um, it, it looking just uh, I'm curious. Like looking at the American League, who is the team that failed the most to create this sort of wild card despair? Like this wild card situation. Like who is the team who should have won 90 games that is basically causing this chaos?
1: That's a really good question. Um I don't know. I think looking at it, I think that w- I think that the teams that failed were the teams that were supposed to be just good enough to qualify for the wild card and the teams that succeeded were the teams that were supposed to be not good enough. So we there was nobody who was supposed to be a 90 win club that failed. I think the Blue Jays were like people thought, you know, they could sneak into a wild card. I guess the Tigers come, could sneak into a wild card, the, the Rangers. Teams
0: that come to mind to me are the Blue Jays and the Rangers. But you we when we talked about the Rangers at the beginning of the year, you were very down on them. I was? Yeah.
1: I feel like my life is just a steady slow realization of all the takes I've had that are that were, are proven bad. It's no, a, it's really
0: a, No, you had a good take on the Rangers. Oh, okay. Yeah, you were down on the Rangers, and I thought the Rangers might win the division. And you were like, no, the blah, blah, blah. Oh, Astros. at the start of the season? Yeah, yeah, yes, No, I did yeah, not yeah, think yeah.
1: they were as good as the Astros. No, 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 definitely yeah. not. Yeah.
0: So, so it seems like the Blue Jays and the, and the Rangers would be the two teams, I guess.
1: Um, I mean, you thought hard. the Royals were in the wild card mix? I guess yeah, they still are. Yeah, I yeah. thought
0: they were an 87-win team, and it turns out they're going to be like a 79-win team. Which, um, you know, it's within the error bars, but I think uh, – The Royals are, I mean, their bullpen and pitching is just so atrocious. Like, it's from following it from afar. It just seems like every day is like the battle of the bulge where like, you know, it's like Ned Yost is running out like some guy named Scott Alexander is their closer. And like, they're talking about like Mike Moylan or Peter Moylan and Mike Miner and like high leverage situations. That
1: guy, Mike Miner has been pretty good.
0: I mean, okay. He's Mike Miner. Like, you know, whatever. Like, I mean, it's.
1: He had a, like, I don't, he's not, I mean, I I understand your point, but he's not exactly the guy to do that. I mean, he, you're talking about a guy who put up a 200 inning season of like good pitching a few years ago. Yeah. So.
0: I want to listen to the podcast from 2011 where someone was like, you know, Andrew Miller has been really good in relief. And the other guy just goes, yeah, it's Andrew Miller. (laughs)
1: Because
0: you know that exists. You know, someone said, I'm sure I said that. Like, in 2011, it's, it's, someone's like, you know, Andrew Miller... It's Miller's probable that you said that at some point. Yeah. Andrew Miller's pitching really well. I'm like, yeah, it's Andrew Miller, okay? What do you... You know, you would really think he's going to be good? Uh, yeah, baseball doesn't make sense. But, uh, anyway, the Royals... I'm Steelers curious
1: are, to see... Yeah. yeah, the Royals are a failure. I'm curious Royals to see guy. what the what the Indians will do with Andy Miller this this, this winter, this uh, October. Because uh, he was hurt for a while. He came back in the Angels series. He didn't really look that dominant. He pitched twice. Yeah. Uh, he they they said they were going to try to get him a multi-inning stint. didn't happen. He still hasn't proven that and they can't pitch him on back-to-back days right now. And that really lessens the, the weapon. I'm actually kind of light on the Indians. Um, I yeah I think that I do not think that they are the best team in, in the American League. I'm also not a scout and I do not watch other teams games other than when they're playing the Angels. But, so so I get like a bias the, sample.
0: You're in on the Astros.
1: Yeah I'm in on the Astros. I'm in on the Nationals and I'm in on the Dodgers. I think
0: well, then you have not been watching the Dodgers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, I only watch the games that the Angels play. So, <laughs> you have, you have but I do read been. I do read your coverage in the Los Angeles Times.
0: Yeah, you have, you have not been watching the Dodgers lately. Um, I think what you do with Andrew Miller is you do a like you do a sort of uh, reduced version of what you did last year, where he is still the fireman, but instead of going seven outs, maybe he only gets four. Four, yeah, you know. But that really, to, I mean,
1: that's a huge, that's a huge decrease.
0: Well, it is. But also, you know, the hope is that uh, they're not going to be pitching four and a third from their starter every night the way they were last year. I mean, they were well, doing that as because every game was an emergency because they had Kluber yeah. and, and no one. Yeah, so, but their third
1: starter this year is going to be Mike Klebinger or Trevor Bauer. It's not exactly a, you know, a perfect so situation. Josh Tomlin me, might draw starts for them.
0: People tell me that Trevor Bauer is good now. Uh, I guess we will see. It depends
1: Um, on how much you valued the last two months versus the last three and a half years, you know?
0: Right, but he's pitching in in the last two months, so there is something to that. I mean, you know... He's doing well, yes. Yes, I mean, you could argue... I mean, the Royals let off Alcides Escobar, and he's, like, one of the worst hitters in baseball, but they let him off when he happened to be hot, and it was really, really valuable. So, like, recency bias actually matters in the postseason, I think.
1: It does, only if, you know, yeah, yeah, but we don't know if it's going to continue, right? We don't know if his correct. next start is going to stop and he's going to go back to what he once correct.
0: was. Um, correct, so. that's true, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I would say the Indians right now are the favorite, but, uh, you know, they're like, whatever, like 20% chance to win or something like that. Yeah, maybe, as we said, no ends.
1: one ever has more than that. Yeah, right. It's not. It's uh, just not possible.
0: So your favorite team, the Dodgers, man, they are in some trouble. Oh, do you want to talk about Justin Upton real quick?
1: Uh Yeah, sure, sure. What uh, so, so
0: he's he's opting out, right?
1: Uh, if I had to guess right now, I would lean towards no.
0: He's not going to opt out.
1: That, but that's like a 60-40 favorite. Like, wow. it, it's not – yeah. Here's the thing. If he opts out, it is basically going to be that he would rather play somewhere else than Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Um, because he is not going to exceed the money by that much. It's right. just not going to happen. It's four years and 88 and a half, 88 mm-hmm. plus. Uh, you look at what, what hitters – you know, he is going to be 30 – he turns 31 next August uh, – he is, uh, you know, he's a fast runner. I've been—I I didn't realize he was as fast as he was, but his defense is, leaves a lot to be desired. Uh, and the offense is—you know—he's a steady above-average hitter. He's like a 120 WRC plus. You can just put in the bank, right. but that is not the best hitter on a good team. You know, that is right. the second or third best hitter on a good team, probably third on a on a on a World Series team. So that, you know, that's a lot to give. You know, if you're going to beat that, you're talking about five years and 110, 115. That's a lot of money. I don't know that yeah. there's a, a, pl- a team that's going to want to give that to a 31-year-old. You know, I think he could probably get 95, like four years, 95, something like that. But like at that point, what's the point of opting out and risking, you know, right, it, that right. it, it just seems like he would have to be thinking that he's going to get 20-something extra or just take the just take the four years and
0: 88.5. Right, and I, and, you know, I see, you know, like, I know Larry Reynolds has been through some some rough uh, negotiations with Howie Kendrick when Kendrick went to the market so there's obviously some experience of what can happen when there's like sort of uh, you know these type of players who are mostly offense based uh, but not elite and you know aging that the market may shrivel up and so like it's not inconceivable that Upton goes to the market and has to take a three-year deal or something yeah know? exactly like it just feels like there's type deal
1: There's more on the line than there is to gain. Yeah, Uh, the
0: the downside risk far outweighs the upside, it seems like.
1: It's actually an interesting parallel you draw between him and Howie Kendrick, and not just because they're agent, but... uh I guess it's kind of similar. I mean, like, Upton has a lot of value in in, in season because you can count on that bat just coming in and providing the same steady production. But in the offseason, there's a little more risk. Maybe teams dream that they're going to have hitters develop into that kind of player that they can count on. And then I think that, you know, someone like Upton, he's never been bad. Every single year he's played baseball, he's been above average. And Howie, I guess, is not exactly the same, but the bat is pretty consistent. He's going to put the ball in play, and he's having a good season this year. That ended up being a really, you know— adept acquisition by the Nats I thought right. um, just in terms of having someone that is he going to start for them in the playoffs or is he just going to be uh, off, off I them?
0: believe that's uh, a matter for debate because it's him and Worth and obviously uh-huh. he has outperformed Worth um, uh-huh. but Worth you know has the coconuts and is sort of uh, one of the big you know big generators on that team in terms of personality and stuff like that so uh, yeah, that'll that's gonna be really interesting. I mean, it's, but it's he's a good player to have
1: on your ball club. Yes, uh, right off the bench. His. He was basically
0: yes. bad once his entire career, and that was last year with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And then he's been good every other year.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I'm curious about Upton uh, and what he does. You know, I I don't think necessarily that you know having him. It's not going to be a terrible deal if the, if he opts if he doesn't opt out. But uh, we're talking about 2021. He's going to be 34, making 23 million, and Albert Pools will be 41 making uh, more money than that. So that's a lot of money, and that's without Trout's deal that expires the previous season. So that, it doesn't really put the team in favorable position going forward. It's not a bad acquisition for next year. You know, he's going right. to be worth $22 million next year by the way The baseball values its players. But I, I don't know about, you know, further, further, down, further yeah. down the line.
0: Well, I mean, they're trying to win now. They're not trying to rebuild. So you might as well have good players around. No,
1: it, right it's, it's um I'm curious to see if this continues, you know, in the future. I think we talked about this after the deadline. This might have been our last podcast about how we were surprised that J.D. Martinez fetched as little as he did. Right. Um, And I, I guess, you know, the Tigers also uh, traded away the Upton and they didn't get very much. Uh, I'm wondering if it's um the Tigers or if it's that's the price for rental hitters. I
0: don't know, because the Mets traded a lot of guys and got absolutely nothing for any of them. So, um, yeah, you know, it might. I think it just sounds like it was the market. Yeah which
1: is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, um the the Tigers did get a lot for Justin Verlander. Um, did they? I thought I mean I you know I've never seen any of those prospects play, but uh, from what people say about them. Yes.
0: You know what I've gotten a lot of is What? Tweets from readers saying the Dodgers should have traded for Justin Verlander, not this bust you Darvish.
1: Man, I do not agree with that. Yeah, uh, I, I 100%. Verlander see. money going for, I I think I prefer I mean you look at uh okay so the the two teams made those trades on August 31st right Verlander and Upton. Yes. If the goal is to be good for the rest of this season, they're pretty comparable. Uh in like in terms, you know, a hitter a 30 game 28 games of a hitter versus five starts of a pitcher. You know, I guess in the playoffs there's more value probably for Verlander. Uh but in terms of a win now move, I like the Upton move better in terms of giving up almost nothing long term and uh, and gaining a win plus in in September. Um and it's played like that, you know. I think in, in terms of war, they're like basically this is the same right now. And the Angels gave up almost nothing, so I like
0: it. On uh, on July thirtieth, when the Dodgers would have acquired Verlander, mm-hmm. he had a four two nine ERA, a two to one strikeout to walk ratio. Uh, opposing hitters were OPSing seven twenty seven against him. I mean, he's just like not a good player. Like in, you know, he's basically a a a, a, a guy don't wearing know about a that. Verlander jersey having a very mediocre season.
1: Mm, he was then. You're saying? Yes. Uh,
0: I mean, he's happened uh, to basically he has had like four or five. He's had like a good like six weeks. It looks like.
1: Okay, so what he is, in my estimation, is basically. Is I think he's kind of a, like a, the new uh, innings eater, where he's going to throw two hundred for you next year, which is you know ever valued, it, it's never been more more valued in baseball if you could do that right now because most starters can yeah, only but throw. The Dodgers like
0: specifically don't need that.
1: No, 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 it's, no, it's like, not yeah. it's not useful to the Dodgers. It's not it's yeah, not. Okay. But he's basically like a new a new style of innings eater where he's going to give you like a 3.8 ERA at two hundred and ten innings in a season, and that
0: that has value. It doesn't no, you know it's it, not it does, I don't want just, him. Yeah, he's I'm a number three starter for me. I'm talking about what the Dodgers were looking for on July 30th. You know,
1: yes, July they wanted 30th. upside. They yes, wanted they upside. Wanted
0: upside, And so, uh, obviously, the upside with Darvish was much higher. It has not worked yes. out j- just yet. Darvish has been one of many problems for the team in the last month or so. You said you had some questions about the Dodgers. I would love to try and answer them.
1: Yeah, okay. So, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the one of the best teams in the history of baseball for the first uh, four-plus <laughs> months.
0: <laughs> for a week or so, yeah.
1: So and then they became you know for for three weeks or so one of the worst teams in the history of baseball, um, at, you know obviously the 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 longer sample should be heavier weight. but at, at what point in that stretch you know I, I from following your your tweets and stuff like that to angry fans it seemed like uh you you know for a while there you were cautioning like this doesn't matter you know this is four of five games I thought Alex Woods quote after one of those games was was pretty smart where he said. You know, you can't expect any team to go six months without getting punched in the face at all. Mm-hmm. Um, at what, you know, which game was it where, which was it in San Diego that weekend where you started to think like, oh, uh, this, you know, I might have, or they, this this is actually, you know, the, traject- the actual trajectory of the season has now taken a hit. Uh,
0: I believe it was when Clayton Kershaw lost to the Rockies. Uh, so that was either September 7th or September 8th. Uh, after okay. that it was uh, a sign that
1: um so that was september 7th it might have
0: it. September it. so that was 7th. yeah i'd have to yeah
1: look i'm looking at it right now uh so that was okay so that well that was pretty deep into it okay so that was 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 they were tw- they were uh they'd lost they were one and 12 at that point right. that's when you started to Okay.
0: So, I mean, you look at it. Like, we can we can go through it, right? Uh, you know, the Brewers series, the Brewers pitched well. They're a good team. They lost two, they lost two in a row, right? It, that mm-hmm. happens. They yeah, they gave in, up a
1: total of seven runs in that series. Correct. Of that, it? It was not, They yeah. didn't
0: really hit, but it was fine. You know, you lose baseball games to good teams, whatever. They went into Arizona. They got absolutely waxed by the D-backs. The starting pitchers gave up 19 runs in the three games, right? But they were pitching Rich Hill, Hunjin Roo, Kenta Maeda. So, obviously, the Rich one is a bit – Disconcerting. Uh, then again, in his start right before that, Rich Hill threw a no-hitter. Um, yeah. So, you know, you can't really, like, freak out about that. And then you can't really get too concerned about Maeda or Ryu because they're not going to pitch in a playoff game.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: go to San Diego. Clayton Kershaw wins on Friday night. Okay. Losing streak's over. Back to normal. Saturday they played a doubleheader. In the first game they basically rolled out all these rookies. They you know didn't play many of their starters. You know they had like Rob Segedin and Okoye Dixon and all these guys and Brock Stewart. They lose that, and then in the nightcap Yu Darvish pitches poorly, and then on Sunday Alex Wood pitches poorly. And then you're like, all right, this is a really bad stretch, but it's pretty simple. The starting pitchers are not playing well. Um, you know that's kind of what the issue is. The offense has been okay. They go and play three games against the D-backs in which they get, you know, waxed in one of them. The D-backs win a couple of close ones. And then you're like, okay, this is a real problem. Uh, but you got Kershaw going on on Thursday, you know that'll stop things. And then when Kershaw shows signs of vulnerability you're like, all right, this is uh, yeah, this is a problem because nothing is working. the offense isn't working, the pitching's not working. the bullpen has been an issue. It's like okay across the board, if Kershaw's not able to stop it and if Kershaw is going to be looking vulnerable going into October, that's when you have some real problems. And so I would say that's when I kind of uh, turned on things a little bit.
1: Did you have, like, in your career covering baseball teams, have you had any parallels, experience, yeah. anything like um,
0: this? The 2015 Royals went 5-11 uh, and 11 in September, and uh, it was very similar. They had a massive lead in the division. They had, you know, basically run over everyone, you know, all summer. They'd established themselves very clearly as the best team in the American League. And uh, they kind of, you know, sputtered a little bit in September, and you started hearing the same sort of things, like, Ned Yost took his foot off the gas, they used too many different lineups, they need to stop playing all these September call-ups, blah, 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 it's just like the same sort of tired, you know, stuff you hear, and uh, they obviously came back and won the World Series, so, yeah, I mean, I think that with that knowledge in mind, you know, I was thinking when you lose four in a row or five in a row, it's like, all right, it happens. You know, regression is, is a real thing, but it shouldn't have a big effect on October. But I think this is something that is, uh, that extends beyond, you know, a mere bad two weeks. I mean, they played bad baseball for a month or so, and that's uh, pretty disconcerting.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see here. They started to lose, uh, Let's say August twenty sixth in Milwaukee. Uh, yeah. or, no, at home against Milwaukee. At home. So, th- uh, yeah, you cover you. You, you were that weekend. Uh, what like what would you say their chances of uh, winning the World Series were? If you can recall, if you could peg, that was four weeks ago. Basically yeah. today that that series I started.
0: I would have said twenty five percent.
1: Okay. I mean, and, that's, uh, you know,
0: I mean, we could go through the actual coin flip math and it would be like one, one sixth, right? No,
1: but I'm curious to hear like but what I your think, you know, what your feel was. You're yeah, I would, say, okay. I would say, I would say 25%. Yeah. And so after the Kershaw game, Thursday, September, uh, the, the night, what would you say? That was two weeks later. They yeah. lost all but one game they played. What would you say it was?
0: I don't know. um Maybe like 5%,
1: 10%. Okay. And now as we sit here today, two more weeks later, what would you say?
0: five to ten percent that same i i mean I, you know right now the way they're playing i would pick them to lose in the first round hmm. you know i mean i i if if they're gonna play like this for the next two weeks it's hard to predict that they would win in the first round and i know it's all you know it's all variance. it doesn't matter they could easily win in the first round but uh I, it, it's just hard to watch the way this team plays and the way they have struggled in the last couple of weeks and really believe that they're going to beat a, you know, if they're playing the D-backs, a D-backs team who's, you know, who is tough and not afraid of them and will have really good pitchers coming at them, especially Robbie Ray, who's owned them this year.
1: He's a good pitcher. That guy. I think you, yeah. I think you called him not a guy in your preseason aces list.
0: Well, he did give up six runs to the Padres the other day. So jury is out. He's a good pitcher. Okay, so I guess I and I don't mean this. You know, you're probably gonna
1: think that I'm I'm being like a passive aggressive, but so this is uh this is like a a great testament to like the fact that these are human beings playing baseball, right? Um, maybe that's like the lesson to be taken from this, and that they over that time over the stretch they became dispirited at their own play, right? And that then spiraled into more poor play, right? That's the, really the only way I can see to explain how they went from no, one to the not, other. I mean, it's not so,
0: like. It's I don't well you can finish your point. I, I disagree, but go for it.
1: No, I, I would love to hear your explanation then for how a team, you know, other than obviously there's some randomness at play, you know, they they were not a 91 and 36 team. Uh and they right. were also not a one So like they were more like, you know, like whatever, 85 and 45 something like that. Um that's what their true talent level was for the first half the first four months, four and a half months. Um so I guess yeah, how do you explain it? Like, what, if you were, if if someone who didn't watch baseball was going to ask you how, you know, the best one of the best teams in history of baseball became one of the worst teams in history of baseball for three weeks, how would you explain it?
0: So, uh, okay, they obviously have a lot of depth, um, but in September
1: the, that's less valuable, huh? Okay,
0: but no, but in they have a lot of depth, but their offensive production generally came from four players: Chris Taylor, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Cody Ballinger. Seager did not play for much of the 1-16 stretch because he was um, nursing an elbow injury. Seager has been hurt basically all month. He's pretty banged up. Turner has been fine but regressed a little bit. So he went from like maybe 950 OPS to like 800 OPS. Still Mm -hmm. very productive player. You know, give me 25 of them, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, took a step back. Bellinger has been fine this month, um, but he was cold. During the, the really bad streak, you know, he had like one game with more than one hit in it. Um, Wasn't Taylor, he out for some of it? Uh, he was injured at the beginning of it. He missed like a game or two. He's coming off okay. an ankle injury uh, that happened in the outfield when they were making room for Adrian Gonzalez at first base. Um, Got it. So, and then Taylor, like, you know, Taylor had a pretty rough stretch, like 500 OPS or something like that. Uh, in, um, you know, during that stretch. So there four guys basically fell off a cliff and while they're, well, the four guys, you know, regressed a little bit and Seeger didn't play. And while that was happening, Yasmani Grandal is hitting like 150 for the month. Curtis Granderson's hitting a hundred. Uh, Puig has come down a little bit. Puig's been okay. Um, you know, Forsyth has been, you know, hitting like 200 with no power. So, you know, they weren't getting the contributions from the back half of the lineup that they were in the, in the first half of the season. While this is happening, you know, Kershaw's coming off the back injury. He has looked shaky in a couple of his starts. Darvish has been better in his last two, but was something of a mess, you know, a few weeks ago. Uh, Wood, his velocity is down a little bit and, um... You know, he's not as dominant as he was on the first half. He's still been fine. Rich Hill has been fine, although at times mm-hmm. he can be a little shaky, but for the most part, he's been fine. Uh, Ryu's been okay, and is a train wreck. You know, and then, you know, Pedro Baez is, like, totally falling. Like, Pedro Baez has, has – Four losses in the month of September, which is like pretty tough for a reliever to do, you know. Unless it's like an elite reliever who's getting lots of chances, basically like half the time when Baez came into a game, he left with responsibility for a loss. Um, So you know they've just had a lot of things go wrong. You know Ross Stripling, who you know I think is is a really good pitcher and could be valuable, like can't seem to stop hanging breaking balls and has given up you know a bunch of homers in the last couple weeks and so and 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 these september call-ups who they you know they were hoping would maybe add some some life and you know and and uh you know just kind of compete for spots on the roster have basically been like a net zero i mean like verdugo has offered them nothing josh raven you know has a a lot of talent but you know it gives up runs fairly often walker bueller's been okay but is you know spotty so um it's just been bad. You know, there's too many guys in the room. Um, they have too many guys. They have too many September call-ups. It's, you know, it's way too crowded. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys there who aren't contributing much, which I, I don't understand why they have kept all these guys around all month. They probably should have sent a bunch of them home, you know, 10 days ago. Um, so there's just a lot. I mean, it's all, like, I do think there are some psychic things. I do think the team's psyche has been dented pretty significantly, but mm-hmm. I don't view that as the reason why they're losing. They're losing because they're playing bad, you know. And, and that's something that, you know, you can, talk, you can have pep talks. They did all sorts of pep talks and rituals and Darvish sprinkling salt in the dugout. And they had a trainer, you know, get hit in the ribs with a fastball to motivate them. And, you know, they had Jobu in the, you know, you know Major League, the film Major League. Are you aware of this movie?
1: <laughs> yes, Andy, I'm familiar with Jobu. It's it's like it would be hard to cover baseball for a half decade and not become familiar with Jobu. Well,
0: if I asked you like who was on Full House, you wouldn't know.
1: I actually do know that. Yes.
0: All right, who was on Full House? Name three cast members from Full House. Bob
1: Saget, Mary Kate Olson, Olsen, Ashley Olson. Boom. All
0: right. All right. Name three more from Full House.
1: I don't think I can do that. Um, I, I don't Come think on, I can when do that. Who
0: was the drummer in the Beach Boys.
1: I, I don't think I can do that, but uh, I I can name your uh, I, I I did the uh, I got I did your initial challenge I completed your challenge. All
0: right. Congratulations! You don't know who John uh, Stamos is, which is incredible.
1: Oh, I did know that. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Uh, the Greek guy. Uh, so <laughs> my, <laughs> M- Mike Mike Sosha has taken to quizzing me uh, lately on uh, on uh, early uh, like fifties and sixties television. Um, okay. Even though even though I've told him you know repeatedly that I I do not know any of it at all none of it uh so every day before every uh pre-game session he has a quiz uh where he asks me the star of this show and most times I don't even know that I've never even heard of the show um and and every time I just say I have no idea and then like there'll be like a cameraman from a local television station and he'll be like oh this is the answer and then yeah and then it and then we go into the regular session and this has happened so probably 15, like, 15 times it sounds like yeah. your
0: relationship with Sosha's really improved
1: <laughs> yeah it's going great yeah <laughs> that's good
0: that's a good lane you're like the uh, young person he makes fun of that's good
1: yeah then the other day this is the only one that I feel bad about most of them are things that like I'd never even that aren't even popular uh and they they aired 30 years before I was born um it's just like how would I like I don't understand but then the, I do feel bad about one mistake I made which ah. was uh he asked me uh he goes okay so you know Modern Family and I was like yes uh do you watch it I was like no He's like, okay, do you know anyone on it? And I said, yes. He said, okay, who is married to Sophia Vergara? And I was like, I, I know that guy, yes. Uh, and uh, he's like, okay, what show did he star in, uh, like lo- like 20 years ago or something? And I said, yeah. okay, I think I know this. Uh, and I so I guess I thought, I thought I knew the name of it, but I said the wrong – and I think you're going to understand my perspective on this. I said all in the family, um, but it's actually married with children, uh, right? Is that right?
0: So was your thought it's the show... Family. The it's ra- like family.
1: Like, I, I, I th- in my head, I knew I knew the show. I've seen episodes of it, like, I, I've, on late night television. Like, I've seen it. Like, I feel like that's... I should get at least, like, partial credit. All in the family, married with children, somewhat similar, no?
0: All in the family is the N- show with Archie Bunker, right?
1: I don't know. I've never seen it. But, like, from a name perspective, they're, they're somewhat similar. All uh, in the family, married with children. Like, if you just said those words, those are almost synonyms.
0: Hold on. Uh... Yeah, no, they're not that similar. <laughs> I get, well, was Al Bundy a racist? I mean, because that was kind of the thing of uh, of Archie Bunker, is that just, like, he was, you know, Carol O'Connor was basically playing, like, a, you know, like, a bigot.
1: I remember uh, Al Bundy being, like, kind of a dummy.
0: Yeah, I it, it's, you'd have to, like, uh, you'd have to, like, reread it. Uh, you have to, I don't know, because there's, like, certain things I guess you could say back then that, uh. You can't yeah, yeah, that's that's that, that was that it's was a, said. So, yeah, that so was So I'm, uh, I'm reading. I'm reading. I I read this book by uh, Calvin Trillin. You know Calvin Trillin? Yeah, dude, Calvin New Trillin
1: New is the truth, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So he's he, he wrote this book. It came out in 1984. It's a collection of his uh, it's a collection of his uh features. Food food the, books. Yeah. No. Are you talking no, about chicken not, fried? No, it's no, it's a book called Killings. It's a book called Killings. It's a book about murders, essentially. That he wrote for the New Yorker. And it's, so it's like a collection of all the stories he wrote about murder over like the previous twenty years. Uh. And in like the intro, he says something like, Everyone cares about someone who got murdered unless they're Oriental. And I was like, What? <laughs> it was like a thing he wrote. Wow. Yeah. So who knows how how racist uh, married with children really was? I guess I don't remember it. All, all I've
1: time. I've read one of his food books and I don't remember it being ra- like openly racist. I don't think that um, was
0: considered being racist back then though. That was. But I mean, like I read that. it like
1: three years ago, so yeah, I, yeah, no, no, no. I would have noticed it. I, yeah, Calvin I Trillin so. is responsible for like my favorite uh, one of my favorite things, which is that uh, every night uh, to fall asleep, he he wrote about this in the New Yorker. He 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 uh, to. Uh, to distract himself from the troubles in the world, he tries to think of one thing, every, the same thing every day, to help himself fall asleep. So he thinks of how many shrimp are consumed in Las Vegas each day. Uh, <laughs> it's more than is in the rest of America combined, um, which is crazy. Uh, and he, so he, he says every day he thinks about, like, where is that shrimp coming from? Why did this happen? And then slowly he falls asleep, and he never gets too far into it. And it's a perfectly, like, a minute problem to think about at the end of your day. That's I recommend great, it. Have, yeah.
0: you tried, have you tried to solve this same problem?
1: Uh yes yes yes. That's interesting, very yep. interesting.
0: Hmm. All right. Well. So uh, wait, have, real quick here. Questions. Uh,
1: you, there's one thing you you kind of uh, you skirted by my question. Um, I asked you to explain simply to a to like a casual baseball fan. You know, you 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 yeah. gave a great uh, explanation of the you know of an insider's explanation of why they stopped pointing. But I'm looking for a a, a more simplified version. Um, in like in seriously 10 or 15 seconds. Like, how okay. do you explain what happened?
0: They weren't they weren't that good.
1: Okay. But that doesn't explain how they got to be like the worst for that long.
0: They're playing bad. They're playing really bad. Everyone played bad except for Kenley Jansen. Every single player contributed to a loss except for Jansen. Uh huh.
1: Okay. Pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting year. Uh, it has been a it has been a very interesting season. I give them that. I uh, I, I I was kind of looking forward to. Um, you know, maybe like a, a, a Cubs-like sort of run this October where they'd kind of be the stars of the show and it'd be, you know, basically just seeing if they could run out the variants and and win a title. But uh, I I have some real doubts about uh, whether that's going to happen. I'm, I'm pretty uh, – I don't know. I just – it's hard to watch this team and feel really confident about them in October. I I, I just don't see it. Yeah, so which is funny because I think I would assume they're still going to be the you know the pick to win it like especially if they like you know if they yeah go on a they are in mode. Vegas I think yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure like if they you know win five of their last seven or something you know people are going to say they're back you know and and but I just I don't know once you okay yeah
1: I guess let me ask you this way okay so you you thought at the start of uh so we th- i asked you what you thought the dodgers playoff odds were but let me because you're, you're saying it's essentially just the case of everyone on the team started playing worse uh indiv- so it's individual based so on let me ask you this then on august 26th the morning of august 26th, what did you think Justin Turner's true talent ops for was for the rest of the season
0: um like 850 to 900
1: okay and what do you think it is now
0: eight. 25 to 875? 800 to 850? I don't know. I mean, not a significant – like, Justin Turner is not the, the issue. Problem. Here. Uh-huh. Ju- okay, Justin so- Turner is not the issue. He's the one guy – he is one guy who I know that when – or who I believe that when the postseason starts, he will give you four good at-bats a night. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a guy who has the coconuts.
1: Okay, so I'm trying to isolate it into individualized things because that seems to be yeah. what you're saying is the source of the problem. So who, who is basically – who do you now project to be significantly worse than you did four weeks ago? That is really the question. I think that- Seager
0: would be the one who you'd really worry about just with his physical – where he's at physically.
1: So you don't think it's a case of his actual abilities declining, but his 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 like his yeah, body not allowing him? I, to, okay. I think I think yeah.
0: he's just physically not right. You know,
1: but is the elbow stuff hurting his actual hitting, or is this defense? They
0: say no, but I'm not sure how it's helping his hitting. You know, I, mean, I don't know how having a sore elbow you know doesn't affect your hitting. You can say it doesn't, but his numbers have been bad <laughs> since he came back. Yeah, yeah, okay. he's down. His OPS right now for the season is like 850, which is not what you would have expected. I think. Thinking about Corey Seager, um, yeah. There, well, I mean, way. it was
1: eight it was eight seventy seven last year.
0: Correct, but he also had a bad September last year when he was dealing with fatigue. Hmm. So. so okay,
1: let's see his numbers since since uh, oh yeah, he doesn't have a whoa yeah wow he, he doesn't have a multi hit game and then in, in since that since the game they they won in Milwaukee against Milwaukee.
0: Correct. So he went on the wow he basically went on the semi DL on August twenty uh, eighth. Since then, and he's played in 17 games, he's hitting 173, 228,
1: 269. Yeesh. So, I mean, that, there's no power, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's just, he's not physically right. You know, he's, mm. um, and, and Seeger is their best hitter. You know, I think. Uh, oh, he and Turner. I guess you can argue are their two best hitters. Bellinger's the most explosive hitter. Bellinger, to me, has been fine. Actually, you know, he is not. Uh, I, I, you know, he, he. You're waiting for the September sort of fatigue to come in and his power's down a little bit. But he's having good at bats. He's got like a nine something OPS in September. He's being productive. Um, it's just I wonder, you know, in October if he's going to be pitched to a lot better than he has been. Um. Uh-huh. During the regular season, you know, I don't know if he's the guy who hits great pitching just yet. That could be something he's able to doing, but it's it hasn't been his calling card this year. He is a guy who has crushed Feasts. the middle yeah. middle relievers yeah. of the world. You know, just killed them, um, which is obviously hugely valuable. You're just not going to be seeing those guys as much.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow, he hasn't had a bad month all season. That's no um,
0: Bellinger's been great. Yeah. Bellinger Bellingerber has been just has been really really great. And uh, hey, yeah.
1: Can I um? Can I Uh, make a pitch sure can we can we get people to stop referring i understand this is the this is how people speak in the game but like it's it's frustrating to me that people say good at bats because Uh when you have a good at bat oftentimes it leads to a walk which is not an at bat
0: I mean so it's, it's just wrong. Like it is wrong. The fact that there are some things called plate appearances and something called at bats is the maybe baseball's stupidest statistical quirk. So there just I, needs to be
1: one. It you correct. can't and and, and and at bats don't include walks. And that's a big portion of a good at bat.
0: Yeah, I mean I would just say that you should get rid of the phrase plate appearance and everything should be called an at bat. An at bat?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean a walk is you still went at bat when you walked, so I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but, I mean I'm with you. I'm with you.
1: But in the current form, it's just it's inaccurate. That's all. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I just think it's I think it's one of the stupidest things is that there are there are two separate uh categories. I'm sure there's some like reason why I just don't care to know it. <laughs> but you could say that about a lot of things that I feel. <laughs> did you see the uh did you see the tweet I had pinned to the top of my Twitter account?
1: Uh wh- this is where you said you don't if you're wrong you don't care?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is which is really I, – I want to put on my tombstone. Uh,
1: yeah, you're very proud of that, but I commend you for it. It's great.
0: It's true. I mean, I just – I don't care. You know, like if Pedro Baez is on the postseason roster, I'll be shocked, but I also really won't care. It'll give me something really easy to write about, you know, when he blows a game. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's going to be pretty – It's you know, it's not like it's bad for my life if Pedro Baez is on, it's on the postseason roster. I don't care what happens.
1: Yeah, it arguably, yeah, you could make the argument that it's good in terms yeah. of free. It's of you to, great
0: in terms of narrative. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other Dodgers questions?
1: No. I think we, we kind of answered them. Um,
0: Who right now would you pick to win the World Series? The Astros?
1: Um, I don't know. I was talking about this. Uh,
0: it, it, it's uh, it's like, how can I pick one when I don't think that any a, of them have a chance a more than 20%? Just pick a team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Say a name, the Houston no one... Astros. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll take the Washington Nationals.
1: That's what I was going to pick, if not the Astros.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I'm going to take the Washington Nationals. Even even just seeing them lose two or three to the Dodgers, uh, their bullpen is is uh, okay, which makes them pretty formidable. I think
1: they have a talented roster. Yes.
0: They have probably the most high end talent, I would think. Well, that's the
1: thing with the Dodgers is that they're. Uh they are 25 uh, you know the, the whole point of the Dodgers' success this year was that they had the best 40-man roster in baseball Correct. right uh, but that doesn't really help you in September um, because everyone else or it it, it it doesn't help you as much as it does in April where you can call up guys freely and whatnot it, and it also doesn't help you in October either
0: well having a having a great 25-man roster can help a lot in October but no i'm saying the, be, but October is generally decided by your 10 best or so
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. And their and their strength is that their 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 26 through 40 are better than, you know, are dramatically better than a lot of other teams 26 Correct. through 40. Correct.
0: I do think the thing that separates this year from last year though is their 1 through 10 is pretty elite in a way that it really wasn't last year.
1: Uh-huh. uh-huh. But the
0: 1 through 10 is all, you know, but if Clayton Kershaw is 75% of Clayton Kershaw, if Yu Darvish has no idea how his delivery works, you know, if if Seager's really banged up, uh, you know, these are problems. So, Yes. Then again, you know Bryce Harper hasn't played in forever, and you know Max Scherzer's only going to throw six innings at a time, and you know Dusty Baker's going to be running his bullpen. So there are ways that it could break, not in the Nationals' favor. So who knows? Yeah. All right. Do you have have any uh, new opinions about jeans?
1: Um. Yeah. I just I was just uh overly uh categorical in my uh demeaning of them and during spring training uh and uh. And I've I've changed uh, my my tune of late. Uh, I rediscovered a pair of jeans that I used to like when I was in college, uh, and they're they're still comfortable. And I've been wearing them. Uh, I've been giving them good use. And uh, I, I recognize that I was wrong. I really feel like pretty much like every three days, I I realize that I was like extremely wrong about something I once said. Um, it's it's kind of an amazing thing actually. I really feel like that. I don't know how, like, we're talking about, like, by the time I die, if I live a normal life, I'm going to have been wrong about, like, 50,000 things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've lived with you for two springs. I can uh, attest that this is accurate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of an amazing thing.
0: Do you see yourself buying jeans in the future?
1: No, no, no. I do okay. not. I'm I comfortable think, with, the, with the pair that I have. The
0: thing that, y- your opinion about jeans that I really disagreed with was that they're terrible on everyone. That's what I said? Yeah, you said not I don't like jeans. You said mm, I don't remember everyone saying that. you said everyone's jeans look bad.
1: Oof, I just do not agree with that th- at all. I don't That's think what I you said, said that. I don't know, man. I don't think so.
0: No, because I responded. I said you don't think you don't think my jeans look good? And You said no, your jeans are terrible.
1: That I still I still think that actually. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I still think that that's a that was a good take. So I'm pretty should, sure I'm gonna sort of, be right about that take.
0: What sort of pants should I be wearing?
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I also haven't. Sh- I just shouldn't. I haven't seen house. you. I haven't seen you. in when's the last time I even saw you? So I, I look I the know.
0: same. Don't worry. You saw me you in do? Arizona. In Arizona. Oh yeah, that's your true. Brief, your brief interlude, <laughs> Dodgers right? Now. I forgot. We didn't even discuss that. I,
1: I did. Yeah, that happened. That, that was, was a thing. A,
0: that was a, that was an interesting few days in our lives uh do you have any do you have any opinions on the brand new record or any other new music that's come out this summer it's been a really good Um, summer for music
1: it's been a wonderful summer man um i have a the brand new record is 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 quite good um i don't it sounds like from what you've said about it that you you feel a little bit more strongly about it than i do i still very much enjoy it um it's it's good it's in it's in regular rotation for me um right now what i'm really into is the cloud nothings record uh that was released earlier this year uh it's 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 just wonderful i didn't really like how nothing's that much before there were songs that i did enjoy but this record is just fantastic i don't know if you've listened to it much but uh i like highly recommend it i, I think, think it's I, just like absolutely I did, splendid
0: i did listen to it it was kind of in one ear and out the other which is how i've always been with them but i can give it another shot i i, don't I, I
1: really was. think that it's like it's significantly better than their their past stuff okay um it makes me like yeah, it just makes you want to like do things. It's like it's it's very Japan droidsy y this new record. Okay, um yeah. and they're and they're touring together on the East Coast this month, which is Ooh, pretty cool. That's interesting.
0: Have you uh have you given the uh the war on drugs record a shot?
1: Oh yeah. It's like the I wake up to it every day when I'm at home. It's great. Yeah. It's really good. It's so it good.
0: I think it might be better than uh the previous one. Uh I don't know. I, I just feel like it might be. Um it's they're re- both it's really good.
1: The, I don't know that there's like it's got to be in the, honestly like I really feel like it's in the top like twenty records I've ever heard in terms of just putting it on and just having it like just listening to it the whole thing yeah. through and through without any dislikes or anything like that it's 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 just great yeah
0: there's a yeah there's an intricacy to it and that like sort of like stuff just jumps out. That you On different
1: on different listenings, yeah. yes, it's it really rewards like repeated listening in a way yeah. that not not a lot of other records do. It's yeah. just it's just wonderful.
0: Sort of like you know that the the the, the uh, like uh, strangest thing like the guitar riff in that uh, like I d- kind of didn't notice it the first few times, and then it became like sort of like hypnotic, where like I just wanted to re listen to it like over and over again. Basically, the guitar hook they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like stuff like that. Uh, I still think. I mean. The two records I've just been listening to nonstop are a deeper understanding in science fiction. I am. I saw it brand new, you know, a few weeks ago in San Bernardino, and they were just. It was. I, I really do think it was the best show I've ever seen. Um, did you read
1: Ian's uh, review of it in Stereo Yes. Uh, it,
0: no, I read his in uh, Pitchfork. I don't know if he wrote something for Stereo Gum as well, but I read the Pitchfork about the
1: review. I don't think he reviewed the show. And uh, no, he oh. reviewed that show. That oh, specific no. show. But
0: what did he What did he say about it?
1: Well, it was just that he that they turned off a lot of the the fans who were. Well, it was just like an awkward concert. It wasn't that it was like a festival. It was a festival that was not you know built for brand new, but it became a brand new headlining show with all these other like with like Tegan and Sarah and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And then they played. I think their first like eight songs were all off the new record or something like that.
0: No, they led with uh, they led with lit me up, but then they played then they played gasoline and then they played you won't know. They definitely played a heavy amount of stuff off the new record. That is uh, definitely true. Um,
1: um, so I, I had a friend there who, who hadn't heard the new record as much uh, uh-huh. and didn't like it as much and was turned off by the show. Um, so well, I thought your, it was fascinating. I mean, your friend's Go an ahead. idiot
0: then, so whatever. No, like, no, she's not. <laughs> oh, well, she's <laughs> nice. I didn't know she was a woman. She's a very nice lady, whoever she is. Uh, no, I just think uh, I – I would say that from the perspective of the people that I was around in the crowd, uh, they very much enjoyed the experience, and uh, it seemed like the crowd was pretty lit. I can understand why – I don't know. I mean, like, if you're brand new at this point, like – Why should you, for a festival, why should you come out and play anything except for the things you want to play? I mean, they've made. No, I
1: mean, 100%. Do what the heck you want. Like, I have zero qualms with it. I'm just saying that Ian's review of it, I mean, everything Ian does is great, but like this, I thought it was really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I
0: I think Ian's a great writer and I tend to agree with him a lot about stuff. So I'd be I'd be interested to see
1: He he basically sided with you, but just like it was a good under, like it gave me a good understanding of what it was like and what I would be in for if I went to a brand new show like in 2018, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean it was I if you could see Brand New, I would strongly recommend it. They did something, I don't know if he talked about the stage decoration or sort of the stage yeah, presentation. Did. Yeah, he did. He did. That mm-hmm. was like that was incredible. Like uh, you know, they, they built these basically these screens in front of them. Uh, that you know were projecting stuff and so you know the screen they had screens behind them and screens in front of them. they were both projecting things at times they were projecting sort. they had cameras looking up at the band so at times they were shooting them from uh, you know kind of like from the floor almost so it was being projected on the screens And then uh, during uh, uh, Out of Mana, like during the bridge, the screen came up and it was like this incredible moment where they're, you know, in front of the crowd. And so it was just like it was a really, really intricately uh, put together thing. Kevin Devine is like now a part of the band, which was was awesome. You know, like I was watching the show and then like I was like, who is that guy in the – because, you know, they – like I don't know if if they still use um, Derek, who's like Jesse's cousin, as like their – fifth member or whatever but there was a guy in the back playing the drums and then there was a guy next to him like a blonde guy and I was just like who is that person back there and then I realized like that's Kevin Devine which was uh pretty cool I, I don't know I just thought it was like an overwhelmingly there's an overwhelming sensory experience and the music sounded so good like I I don't know I I I feel like if you like Brand New and you don't like science fiction, then you really don't like Brand New. You just like Whoa, wait, songs wait, 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 let me job. let me
1: clarify. No, let me clarify that my friend does not not like the record. It was just it hadn't been like it hadn't been an earworm. I mean, it
0: was the show was only like 3 weeks after the the record came out. Correct. It was 2 weeks. It's just, it's, and yeah, that but takes that's, some time but this is what Brand New does. Like, Brand New does not, has never done things, you know, for fan service. They do the things that they want to do. I mean, they did nothing for nine years, essentially, eight years, yeah. and then they put out a record Released on a Tuesday. Released the record by they, CDs. Yeah. They put out a record on Tuesday and said, you know, we have, they sent out stuff to people who'd signed up for their record label 10 years ago, and then they had the number one record in America. So they're obviously doing something right. They were headlining yeah. this festival over Death Cab. Uh, I don't think it
1: yeah. sold that well, though the record actually, from what I from what I read. Somewhere.
0: Well, I mean, sure, but they're going to make a. I, I would imagine yeah. they're going to make a ton of money touring. No, on they're this they're do
1: what there. they want. They do what they want. They're good at it and they're rich. I mean, it's there's there's nothing yeah. really. I mean, right. and, like I mean, Ian said that Jesse basically said two lines the entire show. Yeah, he said which nothing. was we're brand new, we're from New York, and yep. how's everybody doing? Yep,
0: that's it. <laughs> and he time. said he said he said like all right, let's go before they played uh, Sick Transit Gloria, which it was more. It, it seemed like that was less. For uh, the crowd than him just telling the band, like, all right, let's get through this, uh, which I enjoyed. (laughs) I just – I remember listening to uh, a podcast. I want to say it was with – it was on Matt Pryor's old podcast, which I don't know still exists. But uh, Matt Pryor's old podcast was great because it was just him, like, whining about Victory Records and stuff uh, for, like, hours at a time. But he was interviewing Andy Hull, and he was talking to Andy Hull about touring – With Manchester when they were opening for Brand New, and he basically Andy Hall was basically saying like, Brand New is amazing because they do everything wrong. They don't interact with their fans in any sort of productive way. They Mm -hmm. uh, don't make new music. They you know don't do anything really to help their consumers who care about them. They only do the things they want to do, and they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And he was like, maybe we should stop making records. <laughs> like, maybe we should stop, like, doing all these things that we were thought we were supposed to do, like having fan clubs and, you know, doing Twitter chats and all this stuff. Maybe we should just do nothing and we'll become bigger the way they have. And I just think it's really interesting how, like, they essentially... Well, yeah, but they have to, you have
1: to be good, though.
0: Well, that's true. But, you know, they also, like, haven't... Before science fiction, they had not put out a really satisfying record since 2006. I mean, Daisy has some redeeming moments but overall is an underwhelming record it's
1: not particularly enjoyable um
0: yeah i just thought i I, you know i i think that for them to come out and just like if you're a fan of brand new and you go to a brand new show and you expect them to come out playing songs off your favorite weapon then you haven't really been paying attention to what they're about mm -hmm. you know what i mean like they're just it's like going to a Radiohead show and being like hey why don't they play creep you know like this isn't what they do
1: yeah, you don't you don't get you don't purchase like rights to pick what songs they're gonna play when you buy a ticket. I yeah,
0: I mean, and and I will say like while they did not play, um, like if you were going to see a brand new show, what are the songs you would really want them to hear? I'm gonna go look at the set list real quick.
1: Want to hear, or w- would I expect to hear? No,
0: like what were the songs that like that like in your you know in your dream scenario like you would see you would see them play
1: uh well i would have a different one than you for sure um i mean if
0: you're if the answer is like magazines or whatever like all right but like if you really want if you like wanted to see
1: 70 uh, times 7 would be on there for sure okay. <laughs> um <laughs> um i would go with, there, there'd be several uh your favorite weapon songs uh obviously jesus christ which they, which they would play uh yep. yeah uh so Me season uh nothing from daisy honestly um a lot of the stuff from, like, basically the first half of Deja. Right. <laughs> um, and then Jude Law and Asmester Abroad, I would like to hear. <laughs>
0: all right. So, like, none of their, like... So, basically, you want to hear all the songs off the first record. And the no, I
1: said... Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't want to hear anything from Daisy. And, I mean, and then yeah, I, I really like Waste. I really like Same Logic. Uh, yeah. I really like Batter Up. Lit Me Up is good.
0: Uh so they played "Lit Me Up." They played "Same Logic." They played uh, "Can't Get It Out." They played "Out of Mana." They played, um, they played "Batter so- Up." You can't really play live. I get it. Yeah, "Batter, so yeah, batter Up." Yeah, Up" is just a bit much. I mean, you know, they like they closed with Soko. They played. I will play my game and Need the spin light. Um, you know, they they played the kind of the songs off. Uh, they played the songs off uh, Devil and God that like they kind of have to play, which are, you know, You Won't Know, Jesus, Sewing Season. They played DeGosser, which was incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean you're ta- they have too many good songs, is basically the problem. Yeah. I get I don't it. know. Your friend needs to rethink her position. Okay. have become like this really irritating proselytizer for brand new. It's like one of the things that Like, basically, people ask me, like, what are you listening to? And I just start rambling about brand new for, like...
1: Yeah, it's kind of fascinating because you basically care about nothing except for, like, (laughs) brand new and, like, two other things. Yeah, Um,
0: poker, basically. I just... They're a really important band to me, and I think that I just don't understand why more people who seem to like a lot of the stuff... Like, like you know, when I talk to people about, like, the war on drugs, they're like, oh, man, the war on drugs are incredible, you know? Well, I think from, like,
1: a... From it, no. Nah, I think that from the from the musical standpoint, the the War on Drugs makes for more pleasant listening than for brand than brand new.
0: That's true.
1: It's just yeah. like that's almost inarguable. I mean, in terms of like you, if you just played it, the music it, even without, it goes it's down just smoother. For it's sure. just so smooth. Yeah. I mean, I honestly wouldn't understand anyone who told me that they listened to the War on Drugs and didn't like it. it it's inconceivable to me.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, yeah, maybe the War on Drugs is a bad uh, is a bad uh, comp. But uh, I don't know. I just feel like people who I, th- I think have, like, good taste. Like, I was talking with Rustin about this, our friend Rustin Dodd, and uh, he was just like, yeah, it's good. There's some good songs on there. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, that's not the correct answer.
1: That's kind of how I feel. I'm, I'm pretty much with Rust.
0: You guys are idiots. This record's incredible. You should listen to it again. It's,
1: I'm glad that it makes you happy, man.
0: It, that's, what, that's also the, the answer I keep getting, where it's like, man, I'm glad you really like this.
1: No, I, I, I genuinely like. I, I, mean that with all sincerity. I, I I, would prefer that you be happy with it than, than
0: not. This was a good podcast, Pete. I'm glad we're back.
1: Yeah, let's do it again, baby. All right.
0: Yeah, we'll, uh, we will maybe try and pod next week uh, to set up the final week of the season, and then we'll do the NLDS preview. Uh, with Dylan? With Yeah, maybe with Dylan. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see if Dylan's uh, – is available, but yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, yeah, Pete, you got anything?
1: No, just uh, if you like this podcast, I recommend reading the sports pages of the Los Angeles Times.
0: Yeah, yeah, you should do it. It's us in uh, in written form.
1: Cool. All right, thanks. Have
0: a good one.